Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. Today is the second half of my conversation with uh, Jesse Fossey-Taylor, who, if you remember, owns approaching 200 rental properties. This time, we talk about overcoming challenges, mindset, using professionals, and the best way to scale our property business. There are a few great resources available as well, so listen carefully for those as well. But let's get straight into the conversation now with Jesse. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. As you say, you've kind of uh, had a bit more experience than many. Um, uh, maybe a sort of flip side of this, and you kind of mentioned a couple along the way we've already spoken about, but I want to talk about maybe some of the challenges um, you know, that you've encountered. And challenges could be you know, real property issues like you know, tenancy problems or financing and you know, kind of hard issues, but there could also be softer issues like motivation and you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know, perhaps if you care to just tell us a little bit about some of those things and maybe how you've overcome them along the way okay okay so I think um, every every I, I mentioned earlier on I had, I had a tendency to take too much on for myself and I think that I was probably I was trying to try, trying to keep hold of a lot of stuff sometimes I don't I, I think you know there's, a, there's an issue there's no one to help I'll just do it myself mm-hmm. um, and there's always someone to help um, Every time I've offloaded a, and in, in our business, they're now departments. So lettings or renovations or, or, or mortgages, whatever it is, I felt the relief. So I said, I, I started off um, trying to be my own lettings agent. Um, and I made a horrendous job of it, actually. I'm not a very good letting agent at all. I employed a guy who is, you know, I think actually sat outside in the office about 50 years experience in the lettings industry. They're all, you know, Arla trained and all those kind of things. And they just make a much, much better, easier job. Um, but when I, of, of, of it entirely, when I gave him my portfolio, he um, said, my lettings manager, he, he had a fit, you know, what have you been doing? And I have to say there was a, there was a comfortable point where Craig couldn't, I could rent, an, I could rent a house in a day. You know, mm-hmm. Craig takes two weeks. Mm. And, I, and when I first handed it, it was like, oh, Craig, you're taking ages to rent houses. <laughs> of course, I could rent I rented it to anybody. I gave the keys to anybody with a pool some 500 quid in their hands. Mm-hmm. Craig, Craig's a bit more picky. And you do that, you know, get get professionals involved. And um, that really quieted down. I'm thinking, you know, you, the, the question was, what kind of challenge did I have? Was it you know, tenants trashing the place, tenants not paying the rent, um, maintenance issues? A lot, a lot, a lot of those went away when I got a professional to get the right tenant in there and set, set it up all right. If you set the wrong expectation, you know, you meet somebody yeah. outside outside the property, you get them to sign a piece of paper, take £500 cash off them, shake their hand, give them the keys, mm-hmm. you're in for trouble. Straight away, you're in for trouble. Do everything properly, 
references, checks, ASTs properly done. There's a buffer of you know a couple of weeks where all these things are going in. Then the set the move-in date. You know maybe they might have to wait four weeks because they already live somebody that somewhere. And hell, their their current landlord's even going to give them a good reference. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You get good people in, and all of a sudden, you know the stress levels. I actually watch them disappear over about eighteen months. You know, I handed my portfolio over. And Craig was tearing his hair out, you know, phone calls coming in, all sorts of issues. Change the tenants round, mm-hmm. and it takes about 18 months. You know, you're gradually washing it through, and all of a sudden the stress levels just disappear because less phone calls, less maintenance, less bad debts being chased, just easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about so do, just to dip in there just quickly? The um, I've, uh, there's a phrase I call poor man's thinking, which I could define mm. as you know basically not giving the money to a letting agent or not paying that professional lettings manager that you might have yourself mm. and keeping it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I was definitely guilty of that. Um, the next thing I was going to mention was regulations and mm-hmm. and uh, the ability to cut corners. So in my first days as a landlord i tried to do things as cheap as possible there's a there's a commercial reason for doing that isn't there you know, yeah the, the least you spend on anything the more you make um and i'm not talking about going in and you know putting marble floors and gold-plated taps down everywhere but spend a little bit more run a premium business somebody once told me that uh, and it's it's a mistake i've made in a number of businesses actually trying to run an economy business there's no money in an economy business it's got to be massive scale to do it uh, run a premium business, charge a slight premium, and make a decent, healthy profit, but also have enough money in the business to provide a good service for nice people. And I'm not talking about massive profiteering and charging over the top because you won't you won't be uh, in any marketplace like that. It's got to be good value, mm-hmm. but good value isn't necessarily the cheapest thing. Um, proper like job costs money, you know. So. Oh, I, I, I quite like that. Too. I should write it down. So I think run a premium personal. business, not an economy business. I've got a note. Oh, yeah, 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 right yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's the reason. You know, sandwich shops. You know, that um, it played out in front of my eyes. We we sold a two pound sandwich, and um, in order to try and you know, in two thousand eight, get things working, we started selling a one pound sandwich. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to go there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Not> to pay. <laughs> it's, it's to race to the bottom, as I call um, it. Yeah. Yes, race to the bottom, yeah. Uh, what, what would you really do? Well, you, you get better and you sell a four-pound sandwich. It's got um, avocado in it and you can charge it charge three quid. Uh, the problem with avocado, you see, it goes off very quickly, <laughs> so you've got a lot of, a lot of wastage. <laughs> see, inside the secrets of the sandwich business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so, so poor man's thinking, don't do that. Um, patience, that was another one I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Um, there's not many moving parts of a property actually, and there's only a couple of transactions in your in your account. If you've got nothing to do that month, don't try and force it. You know, all these there was a lot of same day refinancing going on when I got going, and uh, everything was trying to be going you know, do things quickly and you know, push the financial aspect of it. And uh, a lot of that slowed down a lot, and I, I was very impatient to keep that pace going. But you just can't, so I just had to settle myself down to the fact that it's going to take six months to recycle every property. Um, you mentioned sort of mindset, I guess. Um, I've never had a problem, had a problem in believing in myself. <laughs> I've, I've never had that problem. So I guess I'm lucky. I probably got my parents to thank for that. Uh, but the, the lure of shiny new things, mm. that's, that's something that, um, beware of that. What, what, 
works best is the solid. It's the tortoise and the hare stuff. Yep. Be the tortoise. You know, um, I used to see shiny new shop um, sandwich shops popping up. I used to get very jealous that you know how on earth are they working? Look how beautiful that place is, and um, you know they're busy and they're selling. And they all, yeah, it just looked like a much better business than mine. And twelve months later, they they were all boarded up. You know how they're busier than mine. Somebody just taken their redundancy money and spanked it all over a new shop that didn't work, but it looked beautiful while it was going. It was a nice shiny idea. Um, same with property. There's only really one main way to do this there's two or three little deviations of what might work as well but there's only really one way and it's not the most sexy exciting thing um but it's the only way you can build up a portfolio with 50 well but 5 10 15 20 whatever, however number of pounds i know I'm, I'm aware when i keep saying you know 50 100 200 properties that puts some people off because like, well that's never gonna happen um but it is it just if you, if you build it right and you do it right um you, you can definitely get there so Mm-hmm. the lure of shiny new things avoid it that'd be a top tip <laughs> excellent well just got a bit of an eye on the time but i'm wanting to ask you what is what is maybe a typical day in uh, in jesse's world look like today oh, <laughs> okay um oh this might not be a, a great advert for a landlord <laughs> so hang on. let's let's say there's two two potential days that could happen here so one is the life of jess the landlord okay uh-huh. and uh, i don't have to do anything nothing at all i do six hours six hours um work a week and that's it uh, 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 sorry a month six hours work a month that's all i really need to do uh-huh. and two hours of that is sat having lunch reading a report and sending some emails off so it's totally systemizable i don't have to do anything if i don't want to mm-hmm. um i'm very careful these days about taking on any commitments and, and yeah, doing anything I, I, I want um the business i've set up don't tell the guys here. I don't suppose anybody, or maybe not me. I don't know anybody here, but I suppose they kind of want it's to okay. No one's going to hear uh, this yeah, recording. No, yeah, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I've got it set up here. I can get here at 10 o'clock in the morning, and if I really want to, I can leave at 11 o'clock. Now, what actually happens is I'm the first here and I'm the last to leave. Mm-hmm. And I have quite a little bit of stress in my life at the moment. Um, I could turn it all off in probably three months, you know, if it was like, so I have committed to some things. Yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. Um, if I really just wanted to say, no, no more, I think that tap could be stopped in about three months. Um, but I like it. I love doing what I'm doing. We're, we're building something and it's feeling really good at the moment. And just so, to clarify, that that, that you know, longer day is not the property. It's not the landlord. Landlording. Oh, side. no, no. Yeah, it's your other sides of business. No, that, that's, build, that's building some other stuff up. So, what do you um, tell us about that? We... we um, we run, run a couple of things. So we've got we've got a, a, a couple of businesses all sort of, imagine them all in a line. Uh, it started from me buying my own houses. Um, I wanted to run a business as well. We needed, you know, needed some some way of selling out the houses that or we were offered more houses than we could buy ourselves. Um, I had a letting agency at that point, so it's a great way to build a letting agency up. But we offer out a service where for, we, we find a property for clients, we'll renovate it. Bear in mind, at that point, we had a maintenance company that's developed into a development company. Um, I've set up a mortgage company as well. So we can take a person, a client, or me. It's, we've set up for me. It takes me through finding a house, buying it, renovating it, renting it, and doing the mortgages. Mm-hmm. Clients can take advantage of that as well. We charge fees for doing it. Um, we're growing a letting agency. And it's just starting to click now that um, 
I think it could be something really special. We're, we're there's a lot of lot of talk in the um, the letties industry about hybrid um, uh, letting agencies and the way you know online and all these kind of things. Um, we we are getting close to being the biggest letting agency in Nottingham, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we're based. That's where we're based, and it's come. We, we've never had. Never had. We, we've had very, very few, probably less than 10% of our business, lettings business, is from um, external landlords. You have people walking through the door who are already a landlord in Nottingham. It's all driven by us buying houses for clients. Um, and I think we could, hopefully this is my plan, um, roll something out a little bit wider and I'm not talking massive straight away but you know onion ring growth around the UK and I want to I think I've got an unfulfilled ambition when I wanted to grow that sandwich shop chain I um you know I was reading about Subway and McDonald's uh, okay mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, want, I wanted to I wanted to run the world with this thing and I wanted to grow a big big business and um just to prove to myself I, I can I think you are so at the moment <laughs> Oh, what's his name? The McDonald's guy. Oh, got his name. Oh, Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc. Yeah. And, a, and a chap called Harry Sonnenborn, who was the uh, the the financial guy there. He was the guy that came up with the idea of the idea. Of, yeah. lease, le- leasing the uh, the land. They're the second biggest landowner in the world. So, yeah. yeah. So I read the autobiography of um, McDonald's. There's two, two or three that I read, and. Uh, Greg's too. Greg's, Greg's the baker's oven. They're the, they're actually the biggest um, re- food retailer in in the uh, sandwich shop chain, you know, um, mm-hmm. co- convenience chain you call it uh, in the, in the country. Greg's still. So you know, you, you start to read all this. I was getting really. I, I wanted to to grow something big, and I still got that as an ambition. At the moment, we've got a, a small family business. That, yeah, one, one, one office, and we soon to be another office over in Derby as well. I think pretty soon we'll have another one in uh, up, up towards Sheffield somewhere. That, that's on its way. Um, and I think there's room to grow from there. We've proved the model works, and uh, I, want, I want to grow it. So it, it's a fun business at the moment. I'm enjoying it. And it's an evolution, I guess, is it? Um, you've taken the component elements of, of uh, just the landlord, which is sourcing the property, doing them up, letting them out, refinancing it and going again. And those sort of they're the key components. And you've kind of you built different income streams around those particular tasks. Is that is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. I, I stand in the middle, um, like the slightly confused idiot and um, just sort of explain what I did, how I did it and then point our clients in the direction of the, the professionals, which are the guys that I've employed who are a lot smarter and better at doing these things than me. They've helped me out. And I, you know, I can say, you know, yeah. look what happened here to me. That that can, let's do that for you. And it's quite a nice position to be in. I'm, I don't claim to be the expert on anything other than I've done it. I've made a load of mistakes. Um, these guys in the room, they're, they're the, in, in the building doing the work. They're, they're the real experts. Um, mm. so it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Them. so um watch this space i think yeah. we, we we are growing we are growing and i think you know there's a place for people delivering services to other people in property um you know it, not everybody wants to get the hands dirty not everybody can so i think you know it's good no, that, some, you know, some people do and i think there's you know there's, there's a place for that i certainly did when i first got going you'll mm-hmm. get going quicker but then there's also the person that comes to i mean when i say i got going i was in my early 20s and um you know i used to 
plaster and decorate and do plumbing. People forget in this building, I, I can build a house. <laughs> yeah, I, I come to work in a suit and, uh, you know, you, you go out on a, on a building site every now and again and uh, I definitely get some shot looks when I take my, sh- my, my jacket off and start going, I'm going to make you do this like this. And uh, you think, oh, yeah, you can actually do that. <laughs> and, I, and I started doing it that way. Um, it, but then there are, you know, clients that come to us haven't got the time the skill the inclination time's the main thing um you know it's running a property portfolio is very easy it's very hands-off it it's systemizable you don't need a lot of time to do it building one is the trick you mentioned earlier there's an nla uh, national landlords association uh survey done every year how many properties has the average landlord got i think this year came back at 1.8 it's Mm. never it's never more than i don't think it's ever been more than two um if, uh, as the average but if you look at the it will do the modal i don't know the, the one you're right it, it's most landlords don't have more than five properties like 90 percent of them don't um but they do that survey and they say how many would you like and they all say all landlords say they want more there's always a majority that would suggest that next year the survey should say the number will go up but the num- number never goes up why it's really hard if i wasn't involved in this business doing what i'm doing I wouldn't buy enough properties. You know, I'm, I'm here, put myself in the stream so that I, I do that. If I was teaching, flying a plane, being a doctor, whatever, IT consultant, whatever it is that our clients do, I'd never have time to buy enough houses. It'd be, it'd be virtually impossible. So most people need somebody to help out. Indeed. So um, what, Q, really, what are the best opportunities, would you say, are out there right now for maybe aspiring or early stage investors in particular? Uh Honestly, there's only one. I, I, I really, really, really believe this. Um, it keeps it simple. <laughs> yeah. Buy it. So a single at house under with an end value of under £125,000 that rents out for about five or £600 a month. Look for those. Buy value. So you're buying it cheap. Buying it for less than it's worth. Add value. Rinse and repeat. Rent it out. So keep doing that. You can't go wrong. The guys I know that have got 1,000 or 2,000 houses, that's all they do. That's all they've ever done. They've never got distracted. They've got their head down, usually from their early 20s. I'm not saying that everybody's got the ambition to get 2,000 houses, but there is very little other thing that you can do. The, the slight variations on it are an HMO building. You know, people will say, now, we want HMOs because um, you know, better cash flow. It's an absolute fact that a single let property is the best way to get from A to B. It is because you know, this idea of momentum investing, you, your, your ability to recycle the money. However, very often we come across a client who uh, has got a pot of money and they've got an ambition to earn a certain income or have a certain asset base or whatever the, the ambition is. And it's easily fulfilled by buying X number of HMOs. So let's say I, I've got this pot of money. I want to earn £100,000 a year. And I've, what, what do it, what, that's six HMOs. Can you afford to buy six HMOs? Yes. Well, you might as well do. There's no point in getting going in and buying you know, 50 single lets. It would take you too long and time's ticking on and, and um, you, you could very easily get these six HMOs done and dusted in 18 months. So I can see why some people will go for that. But once you've achieved that ambition, always go back to buying single lets. They're free houses. I, I work out how much it costs me to buy it, how much it costs me to renovate it, what it's worth worth strip the money back out i'll usually leave a little bit of money in the yeah. deal you know so that there is equity then i work out how much how long it will take for that rent to pay back the money i left in it rarely is it over 18 months mm-hmm. um 
after 18 months i've got a free house haven't i Mm-hmm. Just keep, I just keep, I just keep collecting those. Well, um, one, one, it's a free house, as you say, and whatever that payback period is, is um, you know, you are, you say it's eighteen months, could be plus or minus, whatever. But I think yeah, the yeah. other thing is, you're probably going to get a better capital growth, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, oh, you mean on a on a single net versus an HMO? Yeah. Um, yeah, probably the kind well, of houses we buy. The slightly cheaper houses we're buying, we're noticing there's a better capital growth over the last five years. And we're looking at new areas now where, so the areas we've been buying in the last five years, I think they're done. And, and, and I don't mean in a bad way, in a good way. So we've bought here. I now can't buy a house for the price that makes sense. I need to go find a, another area. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've started describing it because it's a phenomenon that I've only really sort of come across. I suppose I, suppose I have come across it once before in Northampton where I bought, but now I've come across it two or three times. I'm noticing it's a pattern and I'm describing it as a, a rev counter in a car. You know, you start off at a thousand RPM, you go to 10,000 RPM and then you have to change gear, you know, and, and what we're doing is we're starting off at 50,000 pounds and then we're going to 125,000 pounds and you have to change gear. Yeah, we have to go to find another area where you can buy a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand pound house. Mm-hmm. So, um, Fair enough. yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of BRR, buy, refurbish, refinance. So um, with you on that one. Yeah. Um, what about the future then for property investing? Have you got any thoughts about where things might look in the next, say, five to ten years horizon? I know mm. you probably don't have a crystal ball I'm, right in front of you. Well, I was I was going to say I've got. Um, <laughs> no, can I say no? You can, you, say, you can say no. And actually, I, if you ask me any time, I'd say no um, on purpose. I, I don't don't listen to any. I believe that property prices are still going to keep going up. They always will. Um, I spoke to somebody the other day who said, oh, property property prices are all going to go down by uh, 75% because all, all future houses are going to be built by robots. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't believe it. So I would say... I. I would never predict other than over the long term, property prices are going to go up as long as you buy a house that makes money every month. Um, so you can hold it for the long term. You're never forced to sell it. Then you're going to be quids in. Just keep going. So how do I see the future of property investing? Keep going, doing the same thing. It's a bit boring. And I, I really, I, I don't read a newspaper. I never switch on the news. Uh, I'm sounding really ignorant here, aren't I? Um, no, thank you. Well, I was going to pick up what the what the takeaway is. I know you're, you're kind of saying it in simple terms, but what you're saying is you just block out the noise because you can get distracted. Yeah. People get spooked. Yeah. Oh, there's a crash yeah. around the corner. It doesn't come. There's a crash around the corner. It doesn't come. Okay, one day yeah. it probably will come, but then guess what? It'll bounce back again. <laughs> but, uh, It'll bounce back. If, yeah. if you buy a property, what's the worst that can happen? If you buy it right, if you're ever buying a property, you think if the crash comes, I'm in trouble. Don't buy the property. Simple as that. So I'll, uh, the kind of property we'd buy, um, you bought it, you've, re- you, you've, you've renovated it, you've refinanced it, you've got all your money back out. Um, what, who cares if it, goes? If, if it halves in value instantly? The uh, No properties have ever halved in value. If you look at the uh, the, the stats, five, 10, 15% is the biggest right. decline in, in property values. Never, you know, people say, you know, what, what are property prices ever going down by? Half, well, you know, read Daily Mail, Daily Mail, 40%, 50%, whatever. It's, no, it's, it's 10, 15%. Um, as long as you're going to keep it for the next 10, 15, 20 years, uh, and my plan is to keep it forever, um, what does it matter what it's worth? As long as you're making a couple hundred pounds a month, it doesn't it doesn't stand you at anything. It, okay, it might take you a little while before you can refinance it again and pull some capital out, but mm-hmm. okay. it was a free house. It was a free house. Free but, house. Like it. Yeah. So um, I, I've just got to 
kind of keep a, an angle on time. Just a couple of quick fire ones, yeah. maybe. Um, what would you say is your favorite um, property resource? Thinking of a book or an app or something like that. Oh, Sage. Sage. <laughs> Sage accounting package. I love my, I love my spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, okay, that's easy enough. Yeah, yeah. I like my numbers. I, I like to be in touch with the numbers. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is, is there anything else that I really? Do you know what? Let, let's say a smartphone. Try and keep, you know, um, yeah, take pictures. Do, the, the ability nowadays to actually have everything in your pocket. You've got a PC in your pocket. That's right. Um, that's brilliant. Uh, I've got all your emails on it. All, yeah, literally, you can do anything, can't you? I found a great um, document scanner the other day. Scannable. That's brilliant. I like that. So yep. you've basically got a printer, a scanner, everything in your pocket. So Sage and my smartphone. That'd be good. Yeah. And then um, I guess, you know, just to ask maybe obviously with your, your business hat on, you know, is there anything in particular that uh, you could maybe make available, you know, particularly for listeners of the Property Voice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, do you know what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there, there definitely is. Let me have a think because uh, I'm, I'm scrolling down because it's not that we've got a script on this, but I'd, I'd miss this one off. So you'd want to be to prepare something here. Let's think of something really useful. I don't want to... Um, uh, just throw something there. What what would listeners usually be? What what what, what would be good? Um, what kind of things? We we've got a load of different resources. How about uh, I mentioned one of my biggest problems uh, recently is how to deal with utilities. So let, I've got I've got a sheet that I give to my bookkeeper, uh, my assistant here as well on how to deal with utilities. That would be a really useful thing. Um, a renovation calculator in in how to uh, work out the cost of renovations. Um, I've given that away to a few people, and people have found that really useful. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, would, be, would find that useful, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? I mean, we, we have got a, a lovely resource online, which is um, we, we run a YouTube channel. There's actually two separate YouTube channels. One's public, and one's it's not that it's private. It's just that only only a few people look at it. I'll send links to those because not many people get to see the the, the, the secondary one. It's got about I think about 3,000 videos on it at the last count. Um, the reason we split them is because the larger one with sort of 3,000 videos, YouTube hate it because only about four people <laughs> read or watch every video. It's all of our renovation videos. Mm -hmm. So when we do a renovation, we take a video of it throughout the project and email it to our client to show them what's happened. And I've heard that lots of people find that really useful to go through – it's not Steven Spielberg, and you'll definitely get bored after you know half a dozen of these things. But you're getting to see the scope of, of, of a renovation, um, and people like that. They tell me they like that. I mean, I, I, I struggle to believe it sometimes because, like I say, they're they're a little bit dry. But you are live in a in a renovation um, on YouTube, and the the other ones are a bit more of a promotional web um, YouTube channel for us. The reason we keep it separate is because, like I say, YouTube won't promote one because it's got so so it's, it costs them so much to host it, but only but only four people watch each video, so they hate it. So we have to separate it out for the for the yeah. other ones, and the other ones just a few of my tips and advices and things like that. In uh, I do them in my car. I uh, seen it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alf, Alfie is, is our guy. He who sends things out on social media. He wanted me to do a blog. I told him no. I don't like writing. It takes too long. So, it takes 15 minutes to drive to work in my car, and I do a video every week or every other week, and, and Alfie sticks it up there for us. Okay. That's it, so, yeah. So, how do people get hold of these uh, resources then, Jesse? 
What's the best way to okay, get so, with you or your company? Um, go to the website. There's an email address at the top right-hand corner and email in saying, I heard your, what do we call this? We call this a the property podcast. Voice. Is, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, of course, a property, property voice podcast. So actually you can name it. Um, and send me all the free stuff. So, and uh, Alfie will send you some free stuff. So just say can your you website f- so that um, we can, so people can hear what it is. It is www.fossytaylor.com, which I, I'm always told makes me sound very old because the, the young kids don't say www. anymore, do they? What do they say? <laughs> they, just, they just leave it off. It's fossytaylor.com. Oh, they know where to go. Fair apparently, you haven't have to put yeah, so yeah, yeah, you haven't had to put www in for a long time. Apparently, it just finds it, which I suppose makes sense because there's only one. Everything starts with it, doesn't it? So, um, and, yeah, and yeah, go, go can... there. There's a website, and yeah. yeah. I think I think there's some useful resources. Oh, go on. Yeah, there's loads, there's loads of useful stuff on there. Send, it, send an email in, we'll send some stuff. Right. If anybody's interested in hearing more, I, I think you're, you're probably prodding me for, uh, for a bit of a plug here, but I'm, I'm not used to doing the sales pitch thing. So, um, yeah, we, we run a discovery day. Um, what, what we do here in our offices, people come along and, and see us and we explain what it is that we do. And if people want to join us, they can. It's one of these things. We'd be running here no matter what, with or without them. Um, it does work better with clients. Some people ask us, you know, why, why do you bother doing this? Well, firstly, we can, we can find more houses than, um, than, we, than I can buy myself. Uh, I said, well, you can buy ourselves because there's, there's other people in our business now that are buying houses. I try and encourage every, everybody to be a property investor. Um, but, you know, it's growing, it's growing a lettings business. It's keeping the renovations teams busy. It means we better get better bulk discounts on um, materials and stuff. Yeah, uh, we 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 buy fifteen houses a month, which means we speak to estate agents all the time. If mm-hmm. I were only to buy three or four houses myself, I I wouldn't be such a big deal. And uh, being a big deal is not not for my ego. It's yep. like you walk into an estate agent. There's a guy that bought fifteen houses last month. I didn't, you know, I bought three or four. Uh, it's my clients that bought the rest, but it makes people take notice, and yeah. then we get the good deal. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy. We're in that position now, and um, I want to grow it. So yeah, if you if you're interested in see what our business does, go to fossytaylor.com. You get the free stuff anyway. But if you're interested to hear more, book on a discovery day. Fabulous. Well, you know, I was just really, it's give and take, I think. You've kindly come on and you've shared some of your experience and some of the tips and some of the, you know, learnings and lessons and all that sort of thing from your your own experience. And I think that's going to be really useful for people who perhaps are looking maybe down at their feet to lift their eyes up to the horizon and think whether it's, you know, whether I'm aiming at 5, uh, 20, 50 or 200 or even several thousand, you know, they can, they've got more of an insight now into the sort of stepping stones along the way. I think um, I hope so. There's quite a lot of takeaways there, but I'll maybe do a top and tail. I think we've got you know quite a long recording, so I, I might not do a very long top and tail. But I just want to say thanks, Jesse, for coming on today. Um, I was particularly intrigued. Yeah, when we when we talked about the whole scaling your property business, and maybe we've only scratched the surface uh, a bit. But um, I guess if people want to know more and the nitty gritty, they can reach out to you, can't they? Absolutely, I mean, and it's it's what I do now. You know, I say I, I work that one hour a day. Um, the rest of the time, because I'm here more often, it's chatting to, to clients or potential clients or people who are never going to be clients, but I've got a question, and that's it's nice to be able to do that. And doesn't feel like work. Yeah, reach out absolutely. Get get in touch, and we'll uh, if we can help you, we can we 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 will definitely. Fantastic. It's been good to talk to you. I'll good. close it off now, Jesse. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. We'll speak Cheers. again soon, no doubt. Cheers. Cheers. Take care.
Well, Jesse describes himself, um, first and foremost, as a landlord, and with approaching 200 rental properties, that's fair enough. But he's also a businessman, who's also set up and scaled his sandwich shops initially before selling them on, and then his property portfolio, as well as several related property businesses that have spun off from his property activities over the years. So he does know a thing or two about scaling a business. And here's a quick recap of, of some of the advice and tips that came out of the second part of the conversation that I'd noted down. First of all, let's start with one of his quotes directly. Direct, don't do. Point it to the professionals. And this summarizes quite a lot of the uh, of common themes that he mentioned. He referred to this point at various points in, in slightly different ways throughout our conversation. He talked about a tendency to take on too much himself and not letting go sooner. How when he offloaded a department or a function such as lettings, it felt like a relief. He also agreed with my point about poor man's thinking and how a tendency to save a few quid can, um, outweigh, can be outweighed with lower returns on our own time investment. And as a portfolio landlord with around 200 properties under management, Jesse's personal time involvement is now around six hours a month. <laughs> I'd be surprised if a self-managing landlord with one or two buy-to-lets would get away with even that many hours on average. So that's quite, it's quite significant if you just put it in that perspective. He has around about 200 rental properties and is spending about six hours a month on them. Of course, you might argue he can afford to do that now with 200, but I think it's, it's really the point of, uh, he, he's trying to make of, uh, of getting to that position in the first place and getting out of your own way sooner. He talked about how the professionals did a better job, reduced the pain points in his portfolio and reduced his stress generally, as well as improving the portfolio's profitability as well. We can achieve similar results without necessarily employing people in our business at the early stages. We can use letting agents, for example, to manage our properties. And we should have a core team around us of a mortgage broker, a tax accountant, a solicitor. And as the transaction volumes increases, perhaps a bookkeeper as well. Then we should lift our own sights to look at the horizon and not down at our feet. As Jesse said, just as a reminder, direct, don't do, point it to the professionals. The next area that I kind of noted really, that really um, piqued my interest was um, his, his tips around mindset and his overall approach. And I picked up a few gems, if you like, uh, from, from, from our conversation there. He talked about running a premium business instead of an economy business and, uh, and, and went on to say you make more money that way. And I, I'd agree with that. I don't think he's necessarily saying it needs to be uh, like an apple, that kind of premium. I just think he's trying to say, uh, uh, you, know, extra, you know, extra quality, reliability, responding to people well, and then you're going to get less void periods, you're going to get people staying in properties longer and that kind of thing. So it's, it's just basic stuff, really. The whole, you know, uh, rising damp and slumlord view, they, um, they're trying to squeeze every penny out and delivering a very poor service. But unfortunately, that's not sustainable. And I think that's the point that Jesse was really trying to get over there. To run a sustainable business, make it more of a premium end rather than economy end. Be patient was uh, another big takeaway. Uh, he went on to say you could get bored and, uh, and you could also just quit at the wrong point. When you start out in property, I think I was, uh, I quoted this yesterday at my workshop that uh, I mentioned a couple of times, but anyway, I mentioned again, but uh, it's gone now, so I'm not selling any tickets. But the um, what I was going to say is that the, there was a website called The Model Works, 
And the chap who developed that uh, website also developed a very sophisticated uh, buy-to-let property, uh, property or profitability calculator. And it quite clearly shows you don't make any money in property for the first five years, pretty much, because of all the upfront fees, etc., that needs to be invested. And in fact, you don't really make substantial profits until about 10, 15 years or more. Uh, certainly, if you adopt the approach that, that he was suggesting, I, I, I have a slightly different approach. And so does Jesse. And we'll come on to that, how you can actually improve the profitability. But vanilla buy-to-let is not profitable for the first few years. And in fact, all you get is, is trouble. You know, you get people complaining and uh, things are breaking and that sort of thing. And it's easy to lose sight of where you're going when you're just getting negativity. Perhaps you're not making as much money as you thought you would do. So... I think being patient and, you know, just having a resilience about you is essential. I t- totally agree with him there. And, and also in terms of mindset generally, Jesse talked about, you know, a tendency perhaps for him. And I'd agree. With, it's the same. It's been the same with me to be attracted to shiny new things and, um, and really just to stick with the same model as far as possible. And if you remember in the race between the tortoise and the hare, it always, it's always a tortoise that wins. Um, even though the hair technically is faster, of course. And I think the final point, um, sorry, not the final point, the penultimate point uh, I picked up in these sort of just more general tips area was block out the noise. Jesse mentioned uh, he doesn't read newspapers, he doesn't watch the news, um, which, you know, I, I mean, I do because of the service I offer, but I, t- I totally get it. You know, uh, we can get influenced and swayed by negative uh, media stories all the time. So I can understand exactly why he doesn't do that. And to, to don't listen to outsiders. Uh, again, you know, an interesting one. He obviously has an inner circle who he trusts and he takes advice from uh, and he bounces out ideas across. So he doesn't listen to outsiders. And I'm not suggesting he never takes an, an outsider onto the inside. I'm sure he does. But it's really just to stick with it and keep, um, you know, just repeating the same thing. Uh, he certainly has a view that the property market will continue to go up even if it has temporary setbacks. And indeed, he talks about that very point. If a crash comes and you could be in trouble, don't buy it, he said, in terms of a property, that is. So uh, do your numbers uh, diligently. Um, and, and, if, and if you couldn't survive, say, a 15% drop in, in prices, which is about what it might be in a crash, certainly in a year, then don't buy the property. You know, you should, ha- you should really have a property that can service itself, i.e. the rents will, uh, will cover the, the interest payments, etc. There's various ways of ensuring that happens. And of course, if the price drops, it shouldn't really affect you that much. You should be able to sit it out and wait, certainly with a, a buy and hold strategy. Prices will go up. If you make money each month, you don't need to sell. You can ride out the storm and things will uh, bounce back again. So I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, this whole point of looking at long term, being resilient, being patient, um, having a sustainable uh, property business model is all implied and and explicitly expressed in what Jesse was saying. I totally agree with that. And in in terms of um, growing the portfolio and scaling your business, there were a couple of things there I kind of just wanted to to, uh, highlight and pick uh, pick up on. First of all, in terms of growing the portfolio, he was very clear, wasn't he? There's only one way of doing it. Buy, refurbish and refinance standard houses is actually what he said. Uh, BRR is the strategy, buy, refurbish, refinance. And I, I, I'm a great fan of the BRR strategy. It's a great way of uh, driving up equity, protecting yourself uh, against those downside risks, but also of uh, growing your portfolio much quicker, particularly if you can extract a lot of your uh, starting capital. Um, he said single let is the best for momentum investing. And effectively, you get free houses, as he said. You know, Within 18 months, he's got a house for free. So why would you not do that? 
uh, apart from you might get bored. And obviously he's warning against that. You, know, you typically leave some money in the deal. People get so hung up on you know no money down or no money cash left in principles. But you know I tend to find it something like eighty percent recycled funds on a BRR strategy, something in that order. Even if it's seventy percent, you leave ten, fifteen thousand pounds in the transaction, and then the rents over a period of time. Jesse suggests it's eighteen months would pay that back. It might be slightly longer. It doesn't matter. I think the point is you've recycled a majority of your cash. You've got an asset that's cash flowing. It can repay that out. Of course, that helps the top of the fund ready for you to go again much quicker than if you had to start again with a full 100% savings. So definitely a big fan of uh, BRR. We're not going to have an argument about that one. But he did talk about a variation uh, with HMOs and it being better for cash flow. But he had a caveat to that, if you remember. He said, if uh, you have a large pot of money to begin with. So um, momentum investing, single lets, BRR, if you have a large pot of money to, to start with and you have an income goal, then maybe go and buy three to six um, HMOs in a, in, a, in a period of time. I kind of get that, get where he's thinking. So a um, couple of variations there. And of course, you can actually do a, a BRR on an HMO as well, just to kind of keep it all linked. But he did say running a portfolio is hands off, hence his six hours a month. But building one is the tricky part. And that's true. You have to, uh, you know, it's hard. It takes a lot of time. Uh, it does require patience. You need certain skill sets. Uh, alternatively, you can actually work with other people to help you do that. So um, it is it is hard. But um, I'm just going to remind everyone of the quote. And I found the actual source. It's still quoted as anonymous. I think there's a few people who said something similar. So it might have been derived from uh, from uh, somebody else's quote. And I, I won't mention all of them. But the definition of entrepreneurship, if you remember, is, uh, is quoted as uh, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. And I think that's the point. So building a property portfolio is hard to begin with, but the, the, re the results or the fruits will be born later on. He also talked about buy value, add value and extract value. So three steps of the way. Buy value means buying at a good price, below uh, the equivalent market price, probably. Now, you don't have to make it 25% discount, but you know any form of discount below market price is, is already locking in value. Add value. So there's various ways of adding value to a property. A basic refurbishment is just one of them. There's several other ways as well. Add value and therefore force the appreciation is uh, what I talk. And then extract value. So get it, get it revalued get it refinanced at a higher value and pull out some of that money. I wouldn't be overly aggressive. It's hard. You can't You can't really uh, pull out lots of cash these days on, on projects. Occasionally you can, but, but more often than not, you leave some money in the deal. But you pull out most of your starting funds. And then, of course, you can rinse and repeat. Do it again. And of course, Jesse talked about being patient. So it, it can be boring, quite honestly. You know, six to nine months in a single let property, buy refurbish your finance, go and do it again. It's boring. <laughs> But it's very, very effective. So that was the grow the portfolio part. But in terms of scaling the business part, um, you, you've got scaling in the property portfolio, but it also got scaling the business. So there's kind of two twists on that. But I, I'm going to remind us again of the quote, direct, don't do, point to the professionals. Um, and then, uh, you know, so in terms of your property portfolio, that applies equally. So direct, don't do, point to the professionals, have those people around you. So you're not investing all of your time in it, in the business. But then you can have additional spin-off income streams from your activities as you grow and scale, if you want to, that is. Not everybody does. 
Jesse does. And um, he brought in, first of all, he brought in people to manage the functions of his portfolio initially for himself and his own purposes. So sourcing, property, refurbishment and maintenance, lettings and then mortgages. So he had functions or, or uh, departments, as he called them, and he brought in people to manage them for him. And then he went on to spin these off from his own needs into business services that he could offer to other landlords and investors as well. So there are effectively a couple of ways, if you like, that he grew and scaled. Um, he brought in people so that he freed up his own time. And of course, he leveraged, as a result of that, he leveraged other people so that he could scale his property portfolio. And I'm sure he could be more strategic and, and also he created more time. And that also enabled him perhaps to do spin off and, and have some thoughts around uh, other business services. So he scaled in two ways. One is in the property business itself for his own purposes. And the second way was to develop an additional or in fact, multiple income streams. And if you read a lot about wealthy people, they tend to have multiple income streams, three, four, five uh, types of income stream, not just from, from one source, in other words. So again, a very, very interesting takeaway there. And then when I asked Jesse about the resources and offers, I think he, he hadn't really prepared that. And as a result, when I said, have you got a resource or offer you could make available for, for our listeners, for you, <laughs> he, he was on the spot and he kind of came up with, with half a dozen, I think it was. So um, he talked about an, an introduction to his accountant. He talked about a utility sheet. Uh, he talked about a renovation calculator. Not, not one, but two YouTube channels. And obviously a discovery day that Fossey Taylor run uh, at their offices as well. Um, and he talks mainly about the, the strategic approach that he has to property in that event. So I think it's about five or six different resources there. So you can see many of the links to those in the show notes. Um, also, you can go over to uh, his website, which is fosseytaylor.com. Uh, or if you want, just drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'll point you in the right, right direction to get hold of whichever of these or all of these uh, that you might want. So yeah, it can help you out on the easy way, podcast at propertyvoice.net, and then you don't have to follow all the links. But there we have it then. Um, I don't know about you, but I do really enjoy hearing from people that have achieved success in all walks of life, and especially in property. And Jesse strikes me as a very down-to-earth chap, but has clearly learnt and applied some sound principles that has enabled him to scale not only his property business, but related businesses as well, that we can learn from and also apply. And at the simplest level, we need to get out of our own way. We need to find a workable model and rinse and repeat it constantly. And then we should block out all the noise along the way as well to avoid this sort of shiny penny syndrome that could creep up. There'll be opportunities that present themselves um, along the way and, uh, and as we scale. I've, I've also seen this firsthand. But it, it's a race of the tortoise of the hare, as Jesse said once again. And the tortoise always wins in that particular story. So I think that's a pretty good uh, way to summarise and, and end that particular discussion for today. Okay, so that, that was a very different uh, take from my usual format. I don't usually do general interviews, but I did think that was quite interesting and relevant because I wanted to put this scaling uh, angle on the, the, the conversation I had with Jesse. So um, I'm very grateful that he came and uh, we got so much uh, insight from that. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I'm desperately trying to get my next series ready to share with you. Uh, I've been doing quite a lot of work behind the scenes, but there's still much to do. Uh, but please keep listening and I'll, in the meantime I shall do my, my very best to share meaningful content in the property world each and every week on the podcast but as usual the show notes will be over at the website thepropertyvoice.net uh, but for now all I want to say is thank you very, very much uh, once again for listening today and until next week on the Property Voice podcast it's ciao ciao 
Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.